2 Samuel chapter 16, verse 1. And when David was a little past the top, behold, Ziba, the servant of Mephibosheth, met him with a couple of asses saddled, and upon them two hundred loaves of bread, and a hundred clusters of raisins, and a hundred of summer fruits, and a bottle of wine. 2. And the king said unto Ziba, What meanest thou by these? And Ziba said, The asses are for the king's household to ride on, and the bread and summer fruit for the young men to eat, and the wine, that such as are faint in the wilderness may drink. David has taken his loyal followers to the Mount of Olives, and Ziba, the servant of Mephibosheth, followed him with donkeys and food for everybody. And we're going to find out that Ziba is a liar. He was the one who was awarded to look over the property of Mephibosheth that David gave him from the inheritance of King Saul. 3. And the king said, And where is thy master's son? Now his master was Jonathan, and Jonathan's son is Mephibosheth. And Ziba said unto the king, Behold, he abideth at Jerusalem, for he said, Today will the house of Israel restore me the kingdom of my father. That's a lie. Mephibosheth is loyal to David, not Absalom. But Ziba is claiming that Mephibosheth has betrayed David and is against him, and that Ziba is coming to save David. This is because Ziba wants David to later give him all of the property that he's in charge of, the property that he's watching for Mephibosheth. He wants to be the owner of the property instead of the overseer of it. He thinks that if he tells this lie about Mephibosheth, that David, when he gets back into the kingdom, he'll kill Mephibosheth and give Ziba all the property. So Ziba is a really evil servant. For then said the king to Ziba, Behold, thine is all that pertaineth unto Mephibosheth. And Ziba said, I prostrate myself. Let me find favor in thy sight, my lord, O king. David actually believes Ziba's lie, and he now has promised Ziba that if God lets him keep his place as king, that he will give all of Mephibosheth's property to Ziba. David has been tricked. 5. And when King David came to Bahurim, behold, there came out thence a man of the family of the house of Saul, whose name is Shimei, the son of Gera. He came out and kept on cursing as he came. When Saul was alive and even after he died, there was always people who thought that David should not become king since he was not a son of Saul. He's in a completely different family line. In fact, he's from a different tribe. Saul was from the tribe of Benjamin, and David is from the tribe of Judah. So there's probably some Benjamites who never wanted David to be king. And this is one of them. His name is Shimei. He hates David. So he's calling David names and reviling him because he can get away with it since David is running in exile. 6. And he cast stones at David, and at all the servants of King David, and all the people and all the mighty men were on his right hand and on his left. This man is reviling David and throwing rocks at him, which you should never do to a king, but he believes that David lost the kingship to Absalom. He doesn't think there will be any repercussions for doing this. 7. And thus said Shammai when he cursed, Begone, begone, thou man of blood and base fellow. He's calling David a murderer. But David was actually the greatest soldier that Saul had when Saul was alive. 
8. The Lord hath returned upon thee all the blood of the house of Saul, in whose stead thou hast reigned. And the Lord hath delivered the kingdom into the hand of Absalom thy son, and behold, thou art taken in thine own mischief, because thou art a man of blood. This man is telling a lie. He's making it sound like David killed Saul, but David never killed Saul. The Philistines killed Saul. 9. Then said Abishai the son of Zeruiah unto the king, Why should this dead dog curse my lord the king? Let me go over, I pray thee, and take off his head. David's warrior wants to kill Shimei, who's reviling David. 10. And the king said, What have I to do with you, ye sons of Zeruiah? So let him curse, because the Lord hath said unto him, Curse David. Who then shall say, Wherefore hast thou done so? David believes that God has allowed this man to curse David. Even though David doesn't deserve what this man is saying, he still thinks it's a judgment from God. This is a really great lesson for you and I. Sometimes God does allow evil people to attack us, even though we don't deserve it. Ultimately, it's all for God's glory. It could be to test our faith, to teach us something that we need to know. It could be to teach us patience or to humble us, which is all very important. Even if you're serving the Lord with your life, that doesn't mean that you have nothing to learn and that you don't need to be more patient, more merciful, more understanding, and more forgiving. We can always grow in these areas. No matter how righteous a life we're living, we're never perfect. David sees this as an opportunity to learn patience, self-control, and forgiveness, and he is totally forgiving this man for lying about him and throwing rocks at his face. And he believes it's a judgment from the Lord. It probably is, because David had sinned with Bathsheba, and that's why this curse came on his household in the first place, that there will always be a sword against his kingdom. It's really important that we notice that David isn't defending himself, even though in this matter with Shammai, he's totally innocent. We don't have to defend ourselves even if somebody attacks us unjustly. That doesn't mean that we have to defend ourselves. It also doesn't mean that we should be angry at God when other people attack us. Because again, it's for our ultimate good in the end. It's to make our spiritual character stronger. God has every right to glorify himself in any way that he sees fit. And he gets glory when we forgive evil people. If he allows somebody to be evil to us so that we'll forgive that person, God has every right to receive glory from that. We shouldn't be judging the Lord just because bad things happen. And here David totally is not judging the Lord or even feeling sorry for himself. 12. It may be that the Lord will look on mine eye, and that the Lord will requite me good for his cursing of me this day. And that's another lesson for us. If we stand firm in the faith, and we don't retaliate, and we don't blame God when things go wrong, God will probably reward us later for it. And that's what David is expecting from the Lord. He's expecting that by being humble, that the Lord will show him compassion later on. 13. So David and his men went by the way, and Shammai went along on the hillside over against him, and cursed as he went, and threw stones at him, and cast dust. David isn't enduring this for just five seconds. He's enduring this for who knows how long, maybe 20 minutes or maybe two hours, because the man is continuing to do it along the whole way that David is walking, because there's a hillside along that whole distance. 14. And the king and all the people that were with him came weary, and he refreshed himself there. David and his people had to stop and rest. They were really tired of this guy 
screaming and throwing rocks at them. 15. And Absalom and all the people, the men of Israel, came to Jerusalem, and Ahithophel with him. For Ahithophel is an evil man who betrayed David. He used to be one of David's advisors, but now he has decided to go to Absalom and be an advisor for Absalom. And David prayed that the Lord would make Ahithophel give Absalom bad advice. And he also told his own friend Hushai, to go back to the palace and be a counter-agent against Absalom and Ahithophel. 16. And it came to pass when Hushai, the archite, David's friend, was come unto Absalom, that Hushai said unto Absalom, Long live the king, long live the king. Now he's pretending to be loyal to Absalom, so that Absalom won't suspect that he's really on David's side. 17. And Absalom said to Hushai, Is this thy kindness to thy friend? Why wentest thou not with thy friend? Absalom knows that Hushai loved David, and Absalom is saying, Why didn't you go with David? What are you doing with me? 18. And Hushai said unto Absalom, Nay, but whom the Lord and this people and all the men of Israel have chosen, his will I be, and with him will I abide. Hushai is lying, and he's saying, I just want to go with the flow. If Israel wants you, then I want you too. I'm not going to swim against the current. 19. And again, whom should I serve? Should I not serve in the presence of his son, as I have served in thy father's presence? So will I be in thy presence. Hushai is giving another argument for Absalom to believe that he's loyal to Absalom. He's saying, well, you're David's son, so being loyal to you is the same thing as being loyal to David. Now this is complete nonsense, but Absalom actually believes it. 20. Then said Absalom to Ahithophel, give your counsel what we shall do. And remember, Ahithophel is on Absalom's side. 21. And Ahithophel said unto Absalom, Go in unto thy father's concubines that he hath left to keep the house, and all Israel will hear that thou art abhorred of thy father. Then will the hands of all that are with thee be strong. Ahithophel is telling Absalom to sleep with the concubines that David left behind. Now these aren't David's wives. They don't have wife status, but they are women who David slept with. Ahithophel is saying, sleep with these concubines that your father slept with, and that will show all of Israel that you have conquered your father. Because this is a common sign back then. If you sleep with a king's wife or concubine, that you've somehow conquered that king. And also, it will show that David would hate you now, because he's definitely going to hate whoever sleeps with his concubine. And this will make those who are following you even want to strengthen themselves more behind you, because they'll know that it's do or die at this point. They're going to have to be behind you 100%, not 50%. 22. So they spread Absalom a tent upon the top of the house, and Absalom went in unto his father's concubines in the sight of all Israel. They made Israel know that Absalom was sleeping with his father's concubines. They did it in full view of everybody. This doesn't mean that people could literally see Absalom in bed with the women, but they can see an outdoors bedroom, they can see the women being brought in, and they can see Absalom going in there. They all know what's happening, and they all know that it's a sign that Absalom has taken the throne. 23. Now the counsel of Ahithophel, which he counseled in those days, was as if a man inquired of the word of God. So was all the counsel of Ahithophel, both with David and with Absalom. That's why David prayed that God would give Ahithophel bad advice, because Ahithophel's advice was always good, and everybody listened to him like the oracle of God. He's considered an extremely intelligent man, so everybody listens to him without question. 
Now this fulfills the prophecy because remember God said that because David had slept with Uriah's wife in secret that God would bring another man who would sleep with his wives in public and David would be publicly humiliated and this is happening through his own son. However, God was merciful that he didn't allow Absalom to sleep with David's actual wives and it shows that Absalom really hasn't taken the kingdom because he isn't sleeping with the actual outright wives, he's only sleeping with servants. He isn't really as strong as he thinks he is. However, the prophecy has been fulfilled and that concludes 2 Samuel chapter 16.